news and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here this morning. You have the oldest AC in the Valley. You could win a brand new high-efficiency AC with an air purifier, courtesy of Day and Night Air Conditioning. Just text the word DAY to 411923 to enter right now. Message and data rates may apply. So let's talk about the disaster that is going on in Washington, D.C. right now. I know that doesn't narrow it down. There's a lot of disasters that are happening. But it's this race for the Speaker of the House. McCarthy, now there have been six votes. No one yet has been elected. And is McCarthy still going to be the guy? Um, so le- I want you to hear just a couple of things. This is this is McCarthy talking about negotiations for the votes he needs to be speaker. What you should gauge, being able to do that vote, that the discussions are going well, but that doesn't mean they're done. So when you hear the the arguments that are happening, but here's what's interesting. Um, we had a congressman in studio. His name is Byron Donalds. It was, he was in a few weeks ago during the election cycle here. He was out here in support of then-candidate Kerry Lake for governor. And uh, Byron Donalds is, a, is an up-and-coming star in the Republican Party. He happens to come from the district where I grew up in southwest Florida. He represents that district. He is an African-American Republican. And he came in studio to talk about a number of things. Part of it was Southwest Florida and the devastation from the hurricane. But he also talked about some of the important issues in Washington, D.C. He has emerged as a possible candidate for this. There were people that nominated him from the floor. And what's interesting about this is Cori Bush made some interesting statements about uh, about Donald's. And this is part of the conversation that I think is very interesting on Wednesday. Um, uh, Representative Byron Donalds was nominated <clears throat> by Chip Roy to be the Speaker of the House. Now, uh, Hakeem Jeffries has gotten more votes, um, and so I want you to hear this. That means that two black men have been nominated for the role, according to the squad member, Corey Bush, a Democrat. Uh, however, only one of the nominations is historic and worth celebrating. Bush even said that Donalds, in her tweet, is making clear that she thinks of him as a prop whose nomination is pathetic. So this is part of the conversation for us as a, as a country. Um, and I got to wade into this. I'm going to wade into this as delicately as I can. But I think this is part of the conversation. Um, when you have somebody that you know that is different than you, uh, different race, different religion, um, whatever it is that makes them different, where you have questions, you may not know a lot about their faith, you may not know about their culture, whatever it is. It's one of the things we kind of celebrate in this country. Um, do you have an expectation that they are going to behave a certain way, that they are going to think a certain way? It's a, it's a fair question. Because isn't it interesting that Byron Donalds is, is exactly as accomplished as anybody else? And whether it forget the color of his skin, he is as accomplished as everybody else there in Washington, D.C. that's been elected to Congress. He happens to be an African-American or a black Republican. And for that, you don't hear white people using his race and saying that he's used as a prop. You hear black people on the other side of the aisle saying it about him. So. Is there an expectation that if you are African-American in this country that you're going to vote and think a certain way? And if you don't, then you're a traitor to your race. It is it's sad in a way that we're still arguing about the color of people's skin. 
It's funny because when I had the congressman in studio, you know, we argued about, we fought about, I'm a Miami Hurricane. He's a Florida State Seminole. And by the way, they crushed us in the game this year. So we argued about football and a rivalry. And then he hugged me before he left and wished me the best. And they, you know, that's the rivalry. It has nothing to do with the color of your skin. But there is an expectation in some, not in all, there's an expectation in some that if you look a certain way, you're going to vote a certain way. And if you don't, you're a traitor, in this case, to your race. He's a prop. And they use some other things talking about him and uh, about white supremacy. Now, the congressman, when I met him, and this isn't an endorsement for him to be speaker. It's just I'm telling you in the short time I got to know him, he is a, a, a pretty powerful figure. And he's a big guy, but he's a very powerful presence, commands a room. He does a great job. And I don't know about the leadership part of this. I don't know. I don't know what he would be like as a leader because I don't know him that well. But what's happening here in Washington, D.C. about all this ideology and we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that and the wavering back and forth in the end, in the end, aren't we looking for a great leader? In the end, aren't we looking for someone? And I'm talking now with all due respect to everyone else, to the Republicans out there who I am one of. Aren't we looking for a leader? We're not always going to agree. But it's someone that can do what they believe is the right thing, explain why they're doing it, keep the caucus together, rally the troops when necessary on important pieces of legislation. And that's what we're that's what's been missing for a long time. You go back to the days of Newt Gingrich and the contract with America and you go back and see the changes that were made in Washington, D.C. The reason why Newt Gingrich has been kind of legendary in Republican politics at a time when Bill Clinton was the president of the United States to right the ship. But he was able to keep the caucus together. All of this, you have to check every box or you're out mentality is destroying things. It is absolutely destroying things. Who is the person that is most capable to rally the troops and keep people together? And that should be, again, if you're on the losing side of this, if you're a Democrat, you should want what's best for the House of Representatives as well. Again, I don't agree with the president on things, but I certainly don't want to see him fail because America fails. They have got to get themselves on track. And if they don't, this is going to be devastating, not just for the party, for the country. Now, we are scheduled to talk about uh, Pinal County and elections in just a few moments, but we also are expecting President Biden to speak. When the president speaks, we are going to carry that live. So whichever happens first, you'll hear right here, but download that KTR News app. Uh, We'll talk about all these things in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. President Biden was scheduled to speak this morning at 9.15. Uh, we are waiting that he is going to talk about his trip to the border. There has been some new information put out. Um, new Biden re- Biden restricting Nicaraguans, Cubans, and Haitians at the border. Uh, very briefly, instead of the administration, will accept 30,000 people per month from the four nations uh, for two years and offer ability to legally work as long as they come legally. 
clearly have eligible sponsors, pass vetting and background checks. These four affected nations are among those for whom migrant border crossings have risen most sharply with no easy way to quickly return migrants to their home countries. So they are we are starting to see a turnaround in some of the policies of the Biden administration when it comes to those four countries. So we will let we will go to the president as soon as he begins to speak on this issue. If you want to download that KTAR news app, now's a good time to do it. You'll be notified when things happen like the president speaking. You can listen live right on that device. So it's a great way to consume the news. It really is the only news app that I have on my phone and it works amazingly. Um, so let's shift until we get to that, till we get to the president. Let's shift to what happened in the elections because this is where you don't, you're not being wishy-washy um, when you talk about some things when it comes to the elections. I don't believe the elections were stolen. That's not my personal opinion. I don't think they were stolen. But that doesn't mean that I think everything is just great with elections and everything is just fine and let's just keep doing things the way we're doing them. If you look at things realistically, if you try to set aside your biases, if you try to set aside some of the things, and I'm not talking about candidates because Abe Hamaday is starting with the new lawsuit. I don't blame the guy. I'll be honest with you. If I was someone that was in a, in a race where over two and a half million votes were cast and I ended up losing by 200 and there was a 300 vote shift in the in the hand count or in the in the recount I would want to know what was going on, too. There is not much of a glitch that happens statewide that you can't make up a couple of hundred votes. So I don't blame him for his continuing to ask questions. So what do we do? We know that Pinal County had huge issues in the primary. On Election Day, there were big issues in Maricopa County. So what do we do as a state? What do we do to ensure that the right people are elected, that it's done fairly, that it's done correctly, and we don't see a 500-vote swing like we saw in Pinal County when there's a recount. Pinal County supervisors and election staff didn't know there was an issue with vote tallies before certifying the results of the November election. In the aftermath, after tallying the after the tallying blunder and a disastrous primary election, the county board of supervisors planned to discuss potential consequences and changes to restore public trust. So um, it says some of the options that have been proposed by the supervisors includes asking state lawmakers to loosen boards duties to canvas or certify election results, holding a series of special meetings that would feature witness testimony and evidence. And the county may try to get its money back from a former elections director, Virginia Ross, who departed for retirement with a twenty five thousand dollar bonus. The county revealed last week it made an error in counting some of the ballots as a 500-vote discrepancy between certified election tallies and recounted results came to light. So this is the other part of this where there's some common ground or at least there's some understanding. As I said, and I've been pretty emphatic about it, I don't think the elections were stolen. But you have to be fair to the people that believe that they have been. Because when things like this happen, these could be honest mistakes. Well, whether it's a mistake or it's done intentionally, when it's done, it infuriates people, and it should. I've used the sports analogy. Was it the, the Rams and the Saints a few years ago, and the, mo- the worst non-call in the history of the NFL happened, and it stopped one team from going to the Super Bowl? Was that done intentionally, or was it done by accident? To the team that didn't get to go to the Super Bowl, it certainly doesn't matter. But you want to know if you had an official on the field that had their thumb on the scale for one team or another for whatever reason they did it. You don't want a rigged game. So 
that's where this, for me, whether it was a mistake or it was done on purpose, right now to me, the question is, what do we do to make sure it doesn't happen again? What do we do to ensure that the next time we have an election, the next time around will be a presidential election, the next time we have an election here, we can be sure in the sense that we're going to get numbers accurately, we're going to get them as quickly as possible, and people don't have to worry about major mistakes. And that's something that's reasonable that everyone should be looking at. You know, I would, if I were running in the race, as I said before, if I were Abe Hamaday, I would have some very serious questions. If he picked up 500 votes or whatever it was, uh, there, were a five, there was a 500 vote discrepancy in the number of votes cast in Pinal County. You have to ask yourself, what about other counties? Did other counties make big mistakes? Now, I don't think it's going to change the results of the election. I, I don't. But if we want people to be confident in our elections, and let's be honest, we understand where the extremes are. There are going to be people that don't believe it, no matter what proof or what you say or what you show them, that it wasn't stolen. But we also understand that when stories like this come out, it fuels that fire. These are mistakes that should never happen. When you have something this important, it should run smoothly. And we should be paying more attention to how we elect people, especially with the scrutiny that's out there. I mean, that doesn't sound unreasonable to me. That does not sound unreasonable. I think it's something we need to do, and we need to get doing it very quickly. If you are tuning in because we said the president was going to be speaking at 915, he has not yet started to speak. When the president of the United States begin to speak, we are going to go to it live. I remind you again, download the KTIR News app. We want you to be able to hear everything the president has to say in full. We are going to take a break here in just a moment. And as soon as the president takes to the podium, he's supposed to talk about immigration and his trip to the border. As soon as the president begins to speak, we'll make sure that you get to hear it. We'll be back in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Happy, uh, it's Thursday, right? Happy Thursday from the Mike Broomhead Show, just making sure. Um, I know you were expecting the president to speak at 9.15. That was the scheduled time. There's been a delay. The president of the United States is going to speak about the border, about his trip to the border and border plans. A Washington Post story says there's going to be restrictions for Nicaraguans, Cubans, and Haitians at the border. Uh, new restrictions are going to be put in place. People will be turned away. And there's going to be new penal- penalties for people that come to the country illegally. Now, if there is actual teeth in these things, these are the changes that we've been asking to be made. And hopefully, whatever the change was, at the White House. Let's hope that they go into place and let's hope they're, they are enforced. We're waiting for the president to talk about those things. And when he gets to the podium, as the president talks, you will hear it live here at KTAR. So to keep it locked here. It should happen any moment. It was scheduled at 915. It's been a bit of a delay. So uh, we talked about the economy earlier, uh, layoffs at Amazon. Amazon has got 18,000 in the tech industry. There's other companies that are beginning layoffs. Um, we are starting to see with job numbers were good in December, but there are signs of a slowdown. Uh, former Fed chair Alan Greenspan saying that they believe he believes that we're going to see a recession. The Fed now, the existing Fed has said that's plausible. Are we going to see a recession this year? Those are the questions that people are asking, Be, and, you know, for the average American, a lot of these titles don't matter. Recession, depression, whatever you want to call it. When people start seeing things be as expensive as they are, the only option they have is to cut back where they can 
or and or get another job work two jobs. And this is the scenario for so many people that there have been plenty of jobs out there for people to make ends meet. But you understand for the working class, your budget is shifted immensely by little changes. I, um, I did an interview uh, recently with this Barrett News um, uh, media service, and it was interesting because he was talking about the things I've talked about on the air as he heard me on the air talk about things. And I said, you know, I always picture someone when I'm talking, I'm talking to someone that's on their way to work or at work, someone in a work truck, because that's where I came from. I know what it's like to keep your head above water. You know, the looking back on my life, looking back at my childhood, my youth, um, I understand now more clearly what it looks like to be one flat tire away from financial ruin. And people say, how is that possible? Well, if you don't have the money for a tow truck, you don't have the money for a new tire. If you don't have that money in your bank account, your car goes down even with a flat tire. How do you get to work? If you can't get to work, you can't get paid, you can't pay your rent, you're going to get evicted, and there are many people that find themselves in that boat. Or the people that set money aside for their future, they do the right things with their money, they work hard, they live on a budget, and they've watched their savings get taken away because the necessities cost so much. This is why the political arguments we have, and I, I have them, I'm as guilty of as anybody else. We argue the politics of the economy, but the effects of real decisions made by any administration affect people. And there is no doubt that the inflation that is happening in our country, and it is happening in other countries around the world, has been affected by policy. That's why I would rather argue policy with people. I'll be honest. I don't care how much money someone else makes. I don't. I, I cheer for people. I'll give you an example that's not true, but, uh, uh, you know, in this building, you know, we all, there's a, you know, a bunch of really what I would consider to be the best voices in radio, both in the sports station and on this station here. Very well-known names that are very, very established. And everybody, I would say, everybody believes they should be paid a little bit more. Doesn't matter what you're being paid. Well, if somebody in this building goes and signs a big contract somewhere, I'm happy for them. I'm not jealous of somebody else's success because when it's my turn, I'm going to have an expectation. Just like we see in the NFL, just like we see in other places. And it doesn't matter if you're working for an hourly wage. If you're out there working and the boss understands that you are a valuable part of the team, you show up on time, you work hard every day, you do what you're asked to do then you understand that you're a valuable part of the team and your boss does too. You're going to be able to command more money. And for me, that was always my, my goal was to make sure I was a valued employee. I never worried about the boss driving. You know, I would worry more if my boss drove, drove a car that wasn't or a truck that was old and dilapidated. We all want to work for successful people. We want to work for people that are successful. We want our checks to cash. We want vehicles. If we work in a work truck, listen, when I worked in a work truck, I wanted an operating really good work truck. I wanted the tools I needed to get the job done, things that made it easier and safer for me to do my job. I want to work for a company that can afford things to be fixed when they're broken. So there's never been a class warfare thing with me. And we have to start looking at policies that address that 
so that working people have more opportunity. When the job market is booming, it's a seller's market, which means if you're an employee, you are being sought after. It means you can go somewhere else. If your boss is not treating you, if you don't think you're being respected or you're not being compensated, you have other options. What happens when this slowdown happens and you're locked into where you are with no other option? It's opportunity. It's not outcome. It should never be about a guaranteed outcome. It should be about opportunities for people, opportunities for a better education, opportunities to excel in a trade or in a in a in a in a skill. I'm excited about where Arizona's economy is. I'm excited about where we are. I look at my grandkids and I think, man, when these chip plants get built, both in the East and the West Valley, uh, I should say North Valley and the East Valley, when we see this industry start to flourish here, when more and more companies and high-paying jobs come here, I'm excited to see about the options that are available for my grandkids when it's time for them to enter the workforce and what Arizona is going to be like for them. And we should have that kind of um, excitement around the country. In my opinion, the government is too big and too bloated, and that's where our problems lie. As Reagan said, we don't have high inflation because the people are living too well. We have high inflation because the government's living too well. And we just had, go look up, and maybe I'll do it for the next time I talk about this. Look up the number of tax increases that are going into effect right now on individuals and on businesses. And then explain to me how, I I don't care what your economic, um, where, where you are on the economic ladder, Why are we raising taxes on anyone right now? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me unless you are part of the class warfare crowd. And if you don't like it that wealthy people find a way to navigate the system and pay very little in taxes, I agree with you. Then change the tax code. If they're doing it legally, how do you hold it against them? You would do the same thing. We are still awaiting the president to speak. Um, As soon as he takes to the podium, we will bring it to you live. So that's coming up here at just about any moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Thanks so much for being here. We are still waiting for the president of the United States to take to the podium. He's going to talk about immigration and a big shift, it seems like anyway, at face value from what we're seeing from the press release, a shift in what the president is going to allow at the southern border with new restrictions on Nicaraguans, Cubans, and Haitians at our southern border. As soon as the president takes to the podium, we will bring it to you live. Also, by the way, in the 11 o'clock hour, we is inauguration day here in Arizona for the public inauguration. We have got people down there at the inauguration, and we are going to carry live the inauguration of the governor, um, uh, Governor Katie Hobbs, and we will take her comments as well. That happens in the 11 o'clock hour. More reasons to download that KTAR News app and make sure you have it on your phone. You'll be notified when all of these things happen. Uh, Before we get out of here or get to the president this hour, either one, whichever comes first, the end of the hour, the president speaking, I I found this story interesting. An NYU professor celebrates, is the headline, NYU professor celebrates when people get fired over posting something problematic. You can't post that. This is an NYU professor, Gabrielle Gambro, claims she's extremely in favor of the First Amendment. She said, I do, I do, I am extremely in favor of the First Amendment to be clear. I have a broadcasting background, media background. I believe in the First Amendment. But we have seen things happen when social media is not censored. Here's the issue. There is good and bad and ugly and everything. There, it just is. And 
I choose to handle things differently than other people. I've had conversations with people on social media. They've asked me, why do you engage? Why do you talk with people that talk this way or whatever? And as long as it's semi-civil, as long as it's not vulgar, I generally will talk with people and it's not a big deal. But if somebody is going to be argumentative to the point of being vulgar or just being vicious and there's nothing there but bad intentions, I block them. That's what I do. That's the way I handle things. There are others that just don't have social media. But there is an opportunity for you to walk away. Twitter is not a real place. But more importantly, the idea, this phrase hate speech that has permeated our society, the problem with that phrase is it depends on who you're talking to. There are, there are those out there, I'm going to talk about extremes for a moment. There are people, extremes, I talked yesterday about the Westboro Baptist Church and the extreme views that that church has on Christianity and homosexuality. And that they believe and they espouse that the reason why our troops and how they know this, I have no idea, that the troops, our troops were being killed at war because God hates gay people. And because the United States largely supports gay people, God's allowing our troops to be killed. Now, I don't know how you make that connection. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's it's also very, very arrogant to claim to know the mind of God. Um, but it's a ridiculous idea. Do they have a right to say it? The answer is yes. On the other extreme, there are people that believe that any type of faith, any religion, is the bane of our existence. They are the the uh, freedom from religion, not freedom of religion. They call themselves the freedom from religion organizations that think that if you are using your faith in any way, you can't bring it into the public discourse anywhere. That coaches are not allowed to pray after a game on the field. And if they do, they're violating the separation of church and state. Those are extremes. Well, the First Amendment protects your rights to speak on both extremes. The First Amendment allows us to speak freely. That doesn't mean that there are going to be people that don't understand that there is a huge difference between what you should say and what you can say. It's one of the things I like the most about this business that I'm in now. I like the constant report card. Every month, every quarter, finding out where you stand with listeners in the Valley compared to other people that do the same thing. What I mean by that is if you don't like what you're hearing, you've got so many options out there. If you don't like what I'm saying, if you don't like the way I say it, if you're not entertained, if you're not informed, if you think it's a waste of time, you have so many other options. I love that challenge. But that's the way life is supposed to be. No one's going to silence me. And no, if you go on social media, you can find me at Broomhead KTAR is my Twitter handle. Not everybody likes me. I don't block people because they don't like me. I don't shout them down because they don't like me. They're free to their opinions, but that doesn't mean I'm going to sit back and get bashed. I may engage. I may laugh. I don't know. But when we start saying this, and I'm going to give you an example. Here's a headline. Healthcare workers cry foul on the FDA claiming it didn't prohibit ivermectin for COVID-19. Now, we all understand that anybody out there that promoted ivermectin is a horse dewormer. And I will tell you my introduction to what ivermectin is. We used to call it ivermectin for whatever reason. I didn't call it ivermectin. Um, We used to use it to deworm cattle. 
when I was helping with a rodeo company. So it is. It does. It definitely has that. But you know, like many, 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 many other medications, they have human and animal uses. Ivermectin has been used in billions of cases for people around the world for different things. Now, again, I was somebody that got vaccinated. I got boosted. I did all of those things. But to go after people on social media in the world. Oh, we got to toss it over to the president. He is speaking right now. 